Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. If you would stand to your feet, turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus 3, starting in verse 9, I shared with you, if you haven't uh, caught up, take a look at the podcast to kind of get you caught up to figure out where we, where we are right now. We've been talking about the call. Everyone say the call. the call. There's a call in every one of your lives. That God creates a purpose and wraps a man around the purpose. He doesn't create a man and then give him a purpose. God creates a purpose and then wraps a man or woman around that purpose. And here he has a man by the name of Moses that he created for the purpose of deliverance. And Moses and God are in this conversation. And remember, he's not talking to God in person. He's talking to a bush. Bush is burning. And our burning bush isn't here, didn't come today. We got, oh, we have him, did. So give me a little burn real quick, man. There you go. Just a little one. I won't call you up. Just a little burn. Okay? You guys are going to have to, you have to be here to know what, what that was all about. Verse 19, and God, God's having this conversation through the bush with Moses. And here we pick it up in verse 19 of chapter 3. But I'm sure that the king, this is God talking, the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not even by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in, the, in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to see what's happening here. He's already on the third. We're getting to the third question of Moses' conversation with God. And what God is telling Moses right here is, listen, I'm calling you to do something, but Pharaoh's not going to agree with what you're about to do. He's not going to do what I asked him to do. And so what he's literally telling Moses, Moses, this isn't going to be easy. How many of you know that sometimes God calls you to do something that's not always easy to do? All right? That there's going to be a process in this thing. That every time God gives you a promise, there's a gap between where I'm at and where the promise is. That gap is called the, pro- the process. And many of us want, you know, we, we want something. We want the promise. We just don't want to go through the process. Let me try this side. Okay. Because the reality is, is that through, between every promise and where we're at in our present and our promise, there is a gap called a process. All right? See, I was right. I was right about these guys. And there, check this out. But the, the, the reality is this. Every one, every one of us, grab a hold of this. Every one of us wants the, pro, pro, the promise. They want the promise. We just don't want the process. Let me explain it to you this way. We all want to be in shape. Come on, Pastor, round is a shape. <laughs> we, I'm sorry. Every one of us wants to be in shape. We, we, we want to be healthy. We want, we, but we don't want to go through the process, right? We, we all want to get out of debt. We just don't want to go through the process of stopping spending. Right? We all want to be right with God. But we love to party too much. Process. Man, it got quiet in here. (laughs) And so the reality is, is that there's this process that we have to go through in order to. And God's asking Moses, Moses, can you handle the process? Everyone say process. 
So Moses responds to God and says this in verse 4 of chapter 1. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose, now check this out. What if they do not believe or listen to my voice? Suppose or what if they say the Lord has not appeared to you? And so Moses, God tells him this, I want you to go and I'm going to show up. Things are going to get hard, but eventually you're going to have breakthrough. And then Moses says, but what if? What what if the people, he's not concerned about Pharaoh, he's concerned about the people. He's saying, what if the people don't believe? What if the people doubt me? What if the people don't follow me? Have you ever noticed that the very people you are trying to help are the ones that usually fight you the most? Ever notice that? You know, uh, I see it with my mom and dad all the time. My dad, you know, he had a a five-artery bypass and everything. And so she starts, you know, she's Latino. And so uh, with, with, you know, she's a Puerto Rican that knows how to cook Mexican, okay? Uh, She can throw down. My mom, and so when my dad had the heart attack, it became fish, broiled fish. It became white, brown rice and vegetables. My dad was like, I'm not going to eat this. Dude, you just had five arteries that were, that were replaced in your heart. You got to eat better. No, I don't want to. And my mom and dad would fight. I mean, we're talking. They're, they're on the verge. They're going back, you know, bob and weave. kind. Of, so they're, they're working it on this thing. As my mom's trying to get my dad to eat better, but he doesn't. The very people you're trying to help are the very people that fight you the most. And Moses is sent to these people that are in bondage and the very people that he's going to go to help out in bondage, he's beginning to worry. God, God, these people, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't follow me? What if, and many times in our life, we are more concerned about the what if. That when God places something in your heart, instead of moving forward, well, what if I fail? Your job comes to you. We want to give you a promotion. Well, what if I fail at the promotion? And all of a sudden, you find that relationship. Well, what if if things don't work out? And we get so crazy about the what ifs that what if it works out? What if you do the job and you excel at it? What if you find yourself becoming the CEO of the company? What if you're so good at what you do that you find promotion? Stop worrying about what might happen and start being concerned about what could happen. Oh, come on. Somebody give God praise this morning. Now, now earlier, God answered two questions from Moses. Who am I and who are you? Who am I to go? What are my qualifications? And who are you that's sending me? And so God, these questions have to have to be answered because what ifs will always arise in our life? And if you don't know who you are, and you don't know who sent you, the what-ifs of people around you will derail your purpose. you got to know who you are. That, that's, have you ever noticed people that get offended real easy? You ever, don't, don't, don't look at your husband or your wife, okay? <laughs> Keep your eyes straight. Yeah, no, I don't know anyone like that. Never met anyone like that. Okay, you ever find that those people that are oh, that friend that's always hurt, anything you say, they get bent out of shape? It's because they don't know who they are. They don't have identity. And so whenever someone responds to them in a manner that seems disrespectful, it totally destroys who they are. That's why they get bent out of shape for everything. But when you know who you are, I I see this a lot with with a lot of these NFL chaplains that that we do. Uh, when, When there's a chaplain that is very secure in who he is, 
Man, they, they open their doors to us. Hey, pastor, do this, do that. Hey, pass out your cards. Pass out your, your, what your ministry does. Hey, man, I'm just here to minister to the guys. They, they open their doors. The ones that are insecure is that, no, no, put those away. Uh, oh, no, you can't, you can't bring those out. We can't, you can't share this. But the ones that are just confident, they're like, hey, man, hey, we're, we're just here for the kingdom. We're, we're here to touch lives. When we don't know who we are, we begin, we, we take offense to people that do know who they are. And I want you to understand that not everyone, listen closely, just because God appears to you doesn't mean everyone is going to follow you. Not everyone's going to believe in your call. Say it again, pastor. Not, not, not everyone's going to believe in you. And even if it means their own freedom. You know, when I was a kid, I, we, we, we grew up right around the corner from here, actually over here by the old golf course. It was called the uh, Palo Rancho, and they had, a, they had a pool in that area. And I, I used to, they had lifeguard courses there, and I used to swim a lot, and so I took one of the courses. And one of the things they told us in, in lifeguard training was this. Just because I'm short doesn't mean I can't be a lifeguard. I see, I know what. <laughs> Stop it. Just don't judge me. But one of the things they told us is that whenever you get to someone that's drowning, if you are not careful, they will drown you. Because they are flaying, flailing away, try, trying to get, get their bearings, that when you get to them, they will push you down in order to push themselves up. And so what you have to do when you come up to an individual that is drowning, the first thing that you have to do is, excuse me, you have to grab them and get a hold of them tightly. Really tightly. <laughs> don't, don't let my wife know that I did that. Okay. But you got to grab them because you have to control them in order to keep them from bringing you under. And many times what ends up happening is the very people that you're trying to help are the ones that what he's, he's concerned about is these people that I'm trying to help, are they going to doubt me? Are they going to ignore me? And are they not going to believe in who I am? And I need you to understand that you're going to have people in your life that are going to doubt you, they're going to ignore you, and they're not going to believe in you. They're going to doubt your call. They're going to ignore your abilities. They're going to ignore the things that God has called you to do in your life. And it's important because for you to understand Understand who I am and who sent me is vital so you don't give up on the call that God gave to you. Amen. Listen to me. Let people doubt you all they want. Let them ignore you and let them not believe in you. Listen. Listen very closely. I need you to grab a hold of this, man. I don't need you to believe in me. You didn't give me my call. The Bible says, will their lack of belief void the promises of God? He says, no. He said, so I need you to understand that just because someone doesn't believe in you doesn't all of a sudden wipe out God's belief in you. I need you to understand more than you believe in God, God believes in you. No, you didn't hear me. God believes in you. You're trying to develop faith in God. God has faith in you. Would you recognize how much faith God has in you? That you don't just believe in God. God believes in you. 
God puts faith in you. Why? Because he's created you to solve a problem. Now follow me on this, okay? Your call is not predicated on someone else's acceptance. Someone else doesn't have to agree with you or validate you. Stop looking for man to validate what God called you to do. You have to be convinced. See, now, now I want you to understand something. Now, M- Moses asked God, what if they don't believe me? And God acts the same way he did with the first question. Omaha, if you could help me out, okay? Uh, don't hit that note again, bro, okay? You'd have to be in the first service to cap- capture that one. I want you to see what happens here. He, he, when, when, God, when Moses asked God, God, who, who am I? God doesn't respond with who Moses is. God responds with a promise. I'll be with you. Okay? Here he asks, what if the people don't believe in me? And God doesn't answer the question. See, God's not trying to convince the people. He's trying to convince Moses. God is trying to convince you as to who you are. I need you to grab a hold of this this morning because... God is trying to convince you who he created you to be. You can't set someone else free when you are in bondage yourself. And when you're in bondage to your own mind, bondage to your own doubts, psychologists have said this, they've proven that every one of us, when we're called to do something that seems to be greater than our abilities, that it puts stress on our lives. And that that stress comes in our life when we look at something that we're responsible for and we look at our abilities, the gap between our abilities and that responsibility is the amount of stress that we now go under. And that stress level, it creates, it releases a voice inside of each and every one of us. And that voice inside every human being is always negative. You can't do this. And you can't accomplish this. Who do you think you are? Man, you can't, you can't get, you can't heal your marriage. You can't restore your family. You're never going to get free from those drugs. You're never going to be able to, to become a strong Christian. You're never going to get this relationship right. You're never going to get your mind right. You're never going to have peace in your heart. And all these things all coming, coming at you. But God doesn't answer him in the way that you and I would expect. God, what if they don't believe? Well, then I will show up and I will show them that I have the power and I will move through you. God doesn't say that. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says this. So the Lord said to him, hey, what's in your hand? Uh, What? I asked you, what if they don't believe that you sent me? Or listen to my voice. What's in your hand? What's the matter what's in my hand? It's not what I asked you. Stop changing the question. I asked you, what if they don't believe in me or that you sent me? And God responds, what's that in your hand? Moses, what's in your hand? In other words, I want you to stop. What what do you have right now? You're asking what if, and I'm asking you to take inventory. Take a look, not at what you lack. Take a look at what you have. What what, what do you possess right now? And Moses responds in verse 2. He says, a rod. 
Now, in the Hebrew, check this out. That word rod in the Hebrew, it means rod. <laughs> you were waiting for something deep, huh? <laughs> you were waiting like, oh, man, this is going to be deep. I saw you, you were ready to write down. You were going to steal it, too. That's why the Lord made it just a rod. <laughs> a dead stick, a staff, just a piece of wood. But that piece of wood meant something to, to him. For the past 40 years, Moses used this rod. And as a shepherd, this rod was used for various things. He used it as a shepherd to lean on. When they would climb, he would use this thing as a walking stick. As a shepherd, this rod was used to guide. He would use the end to push the, the sheep and get them to go in certain directions. When, they, when he would have different animals coming against the sheep, he would use it to defend And to fight off predators, he would also use it to rescue. That little curve at the top of usually a a staff, they would use it whenever a sheep fell into a certain area. They would use that part, hook it around them and pull them up out of a hole or off a cliff. They would use it to lead the sheep. This is where we're going and just block off certain areas. God says, what do you have in your hand? You see, what seemed insignificant to Moses became powerful to God. I'm about to take you somewhere. What you think is insignificant is useful to God. You might think you have no gifts. You might have no talents. But God is saying, what is right in front of you? Moses, what do you have in your hand? Don't overlook what God's given you. Don't overlook what God has placed in your hand. That job you've been working, that family you've been in, the way you were raised, all those things help develop who you are. It's giving you a drive, a desire. It's giving you a design. And all those things have created who you are. And in your hand, you have the ability now to begin to guide, to lead, to defend, and to help a nation get to new places. Because everything you went through in your hand becomes something powerful. Shared in the first service, but take a look at Cisco's life, the things you went through, all 40 years of it. 40 years, man, dang <laughs> It's old, bro. He celebrated his 40th birthday. Uh, He says he takes MasterCard, Visa, American Express. He has a square, too, for, for his birthday. You take a look at the struggles you went through in your life, whether it was the gangs, whether it was the drugs, whether the incarceration the things that you took that took place. And in your hand, you looked at those things as as insignificant. But God says, what do you have in your hand? What do you have to offer me? And you've been able to take what was insignificant to others. Incarceration, drugs, a past, gang affiliation, and now turn it in to a career where you're helping kids steer away from that kind of lifestyle. You see, God maximizes what we minimize. God will take what you think is insignificant and make it huge. Look at what he says in verse 3. We're going to close here, I promise, maybe. And he said, cast it on the ground. Everyone say, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, 
and Moses fled from it. In other words, God says this, what, what you have in your hand, would you just lay it down? Drop it. Let it go. The things you think that all you have left, just drop it. And Moses drops it on the ground and immediately, the moment he drops that staff on the ground, it becomes a snake. Now, I don't know about you. I don't do snakes. I don't remember. I found one snake one time in my yard. I was, I, my, my daughters, when they get sick, I, I, make, I make them soup. I make them toast. And I put it on a tray. And I cut a rose from our garden. And I put it in a vase. And I take it to their rooms for them. Whenever they get sick, that's what I do for them. I, always, I want my girls. And I want the, a man to show them how they're supposed to be taken care of. And so I, 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 went, I went to get the rose. And I, I walked over. And I clipped a rose. And as I was walking back... I realized I stepped over a snake. Sucker was huge. Well, to me, he was huge. No, it wasn't that big. It was, it was, how big, babe? Like from there, it was about that, that big. So, you know, being, being an outdoorsman, I went inside, grabbed a golf club, and I beat the hell out of that snake. (laughs) Sent that snake to Jesus. I picked it up, its dead body, put it in in the garbage can, and we went, came to church. That was right before service. Got home, had, had lunch, and when I went to throw away the trash after we ate, I opened up the trash, and that snake was coiled up on the top of all the trash looking at me. His tongue sticking out. And I was like, this dude won't die. It's like he had a resurrection or something. I'm telling you, I beat, I beat that thing. I, I, I took, I'm telling you, I took a pitching wedge and I, I, I smacked his head like crazy. Went inside, got my pellet gun, and he was gone after that. I'm about to pull out my 45. I was afraid to put a hole in the garbage can, too. Now, where am I going with all this? Is that the moment he drops the staff, it begins to move. And Moses' initial reaction is to run away. Whenever we let go of those things that are precious to us and we lay them down at the feet of God, our first thing that we do is we want to run. We want to get away. But God tells Moses, now pick it up from its tail. Now, you know snakes, you don't pick snakes up from the tail normally. If you want to control them, you can pick them up from their mouth to make sure that they, they don't bite you. But God tells him to pick up the snake, and when he picks up the snake, it turns back into the rod. What, what am I telling you this morning as we close? I want you, what, what gift has God given you? What do you have in your hand? What's at your disposal? Is it your voice? Is it your talent, your ability? Is it your smile? Maybe your hands? Maybe it's your feet? Maybe it's your ears? You have the ability to listen. Some of you are great listeners. You know, sister, you, you're, you're just a smiler. Wherever you, you just smile. Man, your wife, all she does is smile, bro. She walked into the office a couple days ago, and she's just smiling. I'm like, man, I must have something in my teeth or something because she's just... <laughs> She's laughing at me because she just smiles. There's just, have you met those people that they just smile and when they walk in, you're like, they just put a smile on your face. Or those people that are so kind that when you get around them, you just start telling your problems because they're great listeners. 
and they just encourage you and, and so forth. But there's people, there's many of you that have giftings and you don't realize how powerful of a gift you have. Your all concern is, well, I don't sing like Troy. I don't, I don't sing like G. I, I don't look like June. June's all buffed and everything and, and playing the bass up there with long hair and, and he's in competitions. I don't have all that God. I don't have that ability to look like June. But I want you to know that God will take what you have if you lay it down at his feet. God will take it and give it back to you to do something great with it. Now that you let it go, God says, pick it up. Somebody say, pick it up. Where is June? There you are. Yeah, baby. Don't hide, bro. That shirt looks painted on, bro. Look it. Listen to me. If God could use a bush, a burning bush, God could use a stick. Come on, somebody. If God could use a donkey, use a fish, use a rock, don't you think God could use you? Stop complaining about what you lack and start utilizing what God gave you. God gave you some gifts, but you're too busy comparing it to others. So what do we need to do this morning? You got to recognize what you have. What do you have? What's in your hand? What, what talents, what giftings do you have right now? Secondly, you got to release it. Let it go. Give it to God. Stop carrying it around. Stop holding on to it. Stop hiding it. Recognize what you have, then release it. And then after you release it, give it to God. Let God bless it. Let God touch it. And then reclaim it. Pick it back up again. Because then you have what you need to set a nation free. Stand to your feet this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.